if I if I have the clarity of what my vision is, the direction I'm going, what my team's capable of, et cetera, that new opportunity comes along, it's a lot easier to make that decision at that point because I can easily see, does it fit or does it not fit? Do we need to adapt and adjust to it? Which that, that's that's life too. There, there will always be pivots and changes kind of a thing. We've obviously seen that over the last year, but you can still have that longer term picture in place to say, okay, does this fit into our vision? And because I know what that is, now I can much easier make that decision and hopefully turn in more profits at that point, either to, like I said, reinvest or pay out shareholders, stakeholders, et cetera. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the None of Your Business podcast. Sean and Lacey here with you as we are each and every week. And today we have a very special guest all queued up and ready for you. And I think that today's topic is going to address something that um, almost all business owners sort of dream of. They talk about, but very few business owners actually achieve. And in fact, a lot of people probably don't even fully understand or comprehend the definition or the meaning of the word scaling, right? Everybody wants to scale. Sometimes people are like, oh, I'm trying to scale and they're just like creating systems. Right? And I'm like, or sometimes they're trying to scale and to them that means just getting more new clients, yeah, getting which bigger. is not necessarily scaling, right? <laughs> so regardless of what you think scaling is or how you think you can get there, we've brought in a true expert we have with us today, Jeff Chastain. Um, he is his website. I always, I, I want to make sure I, I always tell our, our listeners this. You ever listen to a podcast and then you have to wait? Like you're like, this guy, Jeff, he's on the money. How do I find, How do I him? find him? And then you have to wait all the way till the end of the episode. Yeah. He is available at www.buildingtoscale.com and his company, how do you say it? Admentus. You sure? Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> we and always go through that too. Admentus is his company and he helps people like you to get clear in your vision, to understand the path, the route, how you can actually get to where you're trying to go. Everybody, please welcome in Jeff Chastain from Admentus. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, thank you for having me out and looking forward to it for sure. Absolutely. Love it. So you talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart, and that is for sure scaling. And one of our, what were you going to say something? Well, I was going to say, yeah, I'm just, I'm like in the co-pilot seat today <laughs> okay. because like, this is like all of the stuff that you're passionate about. Well, and we, it's funny because Sean and I, and with all of our clients and our members and our group, we always talk about infrastructure before growth because so many people come to us right off the bat and they're just like, Lacey, Lacey, Sean, I want to grow and scale my business. I want to grow and scale my business, but they don't fully understand what that means, how to do it and the best way to go that route. And oftentimes people grow a little bit too quickly and then we all know what happens. Things fall apart. So Tell us a little bit. I know you talk about the pillars of successfully scaling. So can you give us a little bit more of expansion on that concept and what those are? Uh, yeah, definitely can. But yeah, it's, I perfectly agree with what you're saying there that a lot of times people look at scaling as just 
like you said, more customers, more people just keep bolting on, keep, keep grabbing as much as I can right there. And early days, it does work for a little while. But before long, you kind of wake up and say, okay, what is this mess that, that, that I, I didn't build this? Like, well, yeah, you really did kind of a thing here. There's only, <laughs> only so much duct tape and bailing wire that you can really wrap around it and still try to believe you've got it all on the all the track still on the wheels kind of a thing there. But no, it's it's always interesting though. When I'm, I'm looking at a company there, to me, there's four different things going into it. And it ties back to your, your idea of building that foundation. But it's, I refer to it as four Ps, four pillars there. But looking at the, the people first, that it's always, it goes back to Jim Collins' idea of making sure we've got right people, right seats kind of a thing there. Second one's looking at purpose to say, okay, just because you've got the right people there, we got to make sure that they're actually all bought into the same idea. They're all pulling the same way. I look at it as kind of game of tug of war that, okay, we want everybody pulling the same direction here on the rope rather than all different directions kind of a thing. So it's people purpose. And then the third one is playbook. That's really getting into the idea of the systems. Okay. Making sure we've got everybody doing the right thing, the right time, the right way. And then finally it's performance because you look at it and say, okay, just because we've got all the people, the right systems in place, if they're not actually executing on it, then it's all just a dream at that point. And it's really once we tie all four of those together, then you technically get the fifth P right there of the profitability at that point, which is really, in my mindset, at least the key to scale, because you've got the profits then. I've got systems in place. I've got profits. I can go reinvest back into the company, bring on more employees, bring on new manufacturing equipment, whatever the case may be to take the business to that next level. But you've truly got the profitability there at that point, And you've kind of proven that foundation. Okay, now we can start going and building the house up on a solid foundation rather than the, the the old adage or old story kind of a thing there of building it on the sand right there, which is what most people kind of ad hoc build a company with that way. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? So I imagine that you didn't run into these four key pillars um, just by happenstance. So tell me a little bit about your story and what got you to this place of being an expert in helping people grow and scale their businesses. Well, it's honestly, it's been a, a in somewhat many ways, a, a very stereotypical kind of entrepreneurial kind of story. I started out corporate America. I was, I grew up in technology kind of a thing, always programming, always tearing apart computers and then trying to figure out how the heck to put them back together. I, I remember my dad had to rescue me a, a few times there, but um, <laughs> trying to, from a technology standpoint, growing up, it was never the entrepreneurial story. It was go get into corporate America and live there forever, retire there, kind of a stable corporate job. And I made it about seven years into corporate America and just said, okay, this is not me. When it when it got to the point, literally I was in two person office right there, waiting for my office mate to leave every day so that I could leave and not be the first person out the door. It's like, okay, this is really, really not for me. So of course, then I went and did what everybody does, leave in corporate America, go form a consulting agency. But uh Fast forward several years, I uh, got with my brother-in-law and said, okay, we both have a long background in technology. I was doing consulting for quite a while. He had uh, a lot of software, hardware, et cetera, kind of expertise. So of course we can jump in and build a good managed services provider company. And we worked at it for probably three, four years, kind of a thing, built out a, a relatively nice boutique size firm, but just never could get to that next level. We could always see, okay, this is where we want to get to, but never could really make it there and ended up burning through all of our cash, all of our reserves, everything right there, just trying different things, trying to figure, okay, maybe sales, let's hire on a sales purpose. Maybe it's marketing, maybe it's whatever kind of a thing, just trying things because we couldn't figure out 
what was holding us back, honestly, at that point. We just knew the company wasn't growing. The company wasn't, wasn't moving to where we wanted to. But it was really after the, the collapse of that company that I kind of started. I'm, I'm much the, the process, the systems guy, obviously, being on the technology side. So I started looking and saying, OK, what did we miss? What, what was going on here? And while in the olden days kind of a thing, it was always a struggle to go find information. Today, it's almost the, the opposite, that there's so much stuff out there. There's so many gurus. There's so many systems. There's so much stuff out there. It's like, OK, where do you even start? How do you start piecing it together? So I started looking at uh, EOS with Gino uh, Wickman, uh, Vern Harnish was scaling up, uh, Jim Collins' work kind of stuff and saying, okay, they've all got great ideas, great pieces here, but nobody's got the full system there. So that's really kind of been my approach. There goes back to my technology days. I was never one that said, okay, we're going to sell Microsoft into every business, no matter what kind of a thing. I was always the one that said, okay, let's figure out what's going on in the business and build find the right technology for, solution for you. And that's really carried over into my coaching now to say, okay, I'm not going to go take McDonald's playbook, their franchise playbook, and try to put that put a, a CPA firm into that. It just doesn't work at that point. You've got to have your own system, your own stuff. So let's grab all these tools, all this stuff. I, I refer to it as, as all the, the path up the mountain's already been climbed by so many other people. Let's not reinvent the wheel, but let's grab all these tools here that are proven, that are shown results before, and let's build your system, your your way of doing things here and give you that foundation going forward. So it's it's been a lot of uh, lessons learned on my own part, my own business right there, but that's the way most of us learn it is kind of the hard knocks right there. It's the best way to teach, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so you learn these lessons and now you're transferring this knowledge onto your clients. Who exactly do you help and what do you help them do? Well, really, it's still that entrepreneurial business leader. That's that's always been my passion. I, it was interesting. I was talking to somebody just the other day. We were in a networking group that got introduced. And uh, in talking to him, he was looking at a, a marketing firm and he's completely overwhelmed with the business. And it's like, OK, I'm working six and seven days a week here between myself and my business partner and ready to literally give up, close the company. It's like, okay, I'm done with this. This is just too much work. It's like, unfortunately, what you've built here is not a company. It's you basically built a job where you're the manager and the employee and everything else kind of a thing there. But to me, that's my, that, that just kind of pains me sitting there looking at it. It's like, you've already got this company. You've got the sales, you've got the revenue, the income. It's not like you're not even having a customer there. But they're the ones to me that are perfect prime candidates for saying, OK, now we need to come back in, build that systems, figure out how to start taking some of the, the 200 hats that you're wearing, start taking those off one at a time and figure out, OK, how can we spread this out and start really scaling and growing it there? But it's not just a case of hiring on the virtual assistant or whatever kind of you've got to figure out, OK, how do how do I take this off? What is my task right now for? billing customers. What's my task right now for marketing, for social media, for advertising, whatever, and start building those playbooks to where when you hire that assistant or that partner or whatever, you can truly say, okay, here is your task. I'm taking this off now. It's giving to you. I'm not taking it back. And they can be successful to it. And that's really where I come in to say, okay, let's build out who you are as a company, what you're doing, those processes, playbooks, so you can truly scale at that point. Because I've seen, again, too many people just say, hey, we're going to go hire 
another person, we're going to go hire the sales rep on and they're going to take over all sales, except we don't really know what we're selling or who our target market is or what our vision is or anything, but you go figure it out over here. And that relationship is the, the, the timer is already ticking on that one in terms of failure most times. Well, I love that you brought that up because I think for, for us, you know, we see that pattern in so many businesses, like people think it's, oh, I hired the wrong person. You didn't hire the wrong person. You hired them before you had the systems in place to be able to effectively train them on what it is you do, how you do it and why you do it. And if you can't train people effectively and you can't translate all of the knowledge and the tasks that are inside of your head onto somebody else, then we're going to have a lot of difficulty growing, scaling and keeping people around. So I love that you do that. Do you have like a a number one like tool or tip or things that you give to people to get started on just saying like, here's how I figure out all the hats I'm wearing to begin to delegate those out? Oh, it's people call it tools and make it fancy, but really it's nothing to me is rocket science out there. It's like with that one exactly or with that case, um, actually was just putting together a blog post on that one the other day. The, the idea to me is just simply, okay, put a notepad right next to you and say, okay, what, what do you do each and every day? Because honestly, you'd probably be surprised. We spend a lot of our time doing lower level tasks that are not necessarily revenue generators, put it that way, put it nicely, kind of a thing there, but literally put a, a notepad next to you and write down, okay, this task I spent 15 minutes on, this task I spent 30 minutes on today, document out what you're doing each day for a day and then take it to a, a full week at that point. And then from that list, I take it and say, okay, well, next step is go through that list, figure out what uh, really four different areas kind of a thing saying, okay, what are you really good at? And what do you enjoy doing both versus what are you good at? Don't really enjoy doing. And then the, the opposite kind of a thing there of, okay, what are you don't enjoy you're good at? And really, what are you not good at? And what do you don't enjoy? And it's that last quadrant, especially that we say, start with at that point and say, okay, Start looking at those tasks right there. Start the next time you do that, actually kind of write down, jot down the steps there as to what you really did in doing whatever that task is that we're going to hopefully get off your plate. That's that to me, that's one of the first candidates for the removing that hat at that point and saying, okay, jot down your steps. Now we can start with a process at that point. Keep it easy, keep it simple. Cause anytime people look at process, like, oh, I can't do this. This is way too much time, way too much involvement. And truthfully, if you go spend the time to write your six inch thick SOP manual kind of a thing right there and go <laughs> hand it to somebody, one, you're never going to get it written in the first place. And two, no. they're never going to read it. So I always say, OK, just just sketch it out. Just jot it down right now and then work together to really flesh that out to say, OK, this is our process for posting new podcast episodes, kind of a thing there. Let them come back and ask questions. OK, what about this or what about that? And really start building out that process together because when you do it all yourself, you know how it works. So you'll most likely skip steps or leave gap stuff in there, write it in your tone that they don't understand. So it's really working that together, but it really just starts with that to me, that process of saying, hey, what are you doing every day? Because most people really don't know. It's like we get to the end of the day and that was a really busy day and I have no idea what I accomplished. So my whole team is is laughing in the background here because you sound identical to me. I give my my clients almost the exact same exercise. And that's what I tell them. You go through your day and you're on autopilot. You don't even know half the things that you're actually doing that you can delegate out. And so every everybody that coaches with me has a notepad. They write down all their tasks. They put them in quadrants. 
And then you've got to decide, this is what I'm getting rid of. And this is what I'm willing to pay somebody else to do it. And I think that that is such a phenomenal first step. And I take, I want to take this step further for our listeners out there because I love this exercise. But if you already have employees, they should do the same thing too because they should be writing down your tasks because half the time you guys don't know what they're doing, you know? And so this is vitally important for everybody on the team. I love it. You're speaking to my system soul. Yeah. And that's the one other part I'd throw into that is that I would actually say, go back and revisit it on a quarterly basis too, because just doing it today, we, we tend to go pick the hats back up and start putting them back on or yeah. other tasks or whatever kind of thing. So that's a, a, a an ongoing evaluation too, not just at one time. Yeah. I love that. Um, do you, um, for your clients too, do you have them figure out? Cause I, one of the biggest things I think when growing and scaling is people have a lot of hesitant hesitancy in hiring people. And like you talked about that in key pillars, like people are so important to grow and scale a business. How do you help them overcome this idea? Like I don't have enough cash flow, or I'm not quite ready or when that's ne- like the next logical step for them. Do you give them tips on that? Because we see that as a barrier for a lot of people in the growth stage. It, it's definitely, I think it used to be a lot bigger barrier because in the in the olden days kind of a thing there, yeah, you were looking at payroll and I, I always encourage people hold off on payroll for as long as possible just because that's a, a direct bottom line cost kind of a thing right there. That's, that's a hard cost between payroll and rent. That's going to be your two biggest things right there. If you can, especially these days with technology, if you can stay away from the, the hard rent right there, if you can stay away from uh, even payroll, because from a payroll standpoint or a hiring perspective these days, there's so many more options in terms of either like virtual assistants, fractional executives, things like that, that you can go get a fractional CFO that's got years and years and years of experience in the finance kind of world. You can bring in that expertise for five, 10 hours a week, because the reality is that's all you need anyways. Mm. And you don't have to pay the whatever, 200, 250 kind of plus uh, salary that bringing on that kind of person would have to have. So you keep your expenses low. Reality is you've got a contract kind of relationship there. So if something does change, it's a lot easier to break that relationship. And you've got true expertise there rather than hiring in a, a junior level accountant and trying to call them a CFO or something like that as well. Well, I'll jump in and move it the needle in the other direction. But um, you know, our guest is an expert in this area as well. When it comes to vision, um, a lot of times the vision is what drives a lot of these decisions. Um, and when you were asking your question, I was kind of thinking of it kind of like as a knot, a giant knot. And like, you know, what should we pull on? I mean, we could pull on systems and SOPs and mm-hmm. get, you know, start to see if we could unravel it that way. But a lot of times people just aren't very clear. Um, like you said, they just created another job, right? They just created right. this job for themselves. And there's no real vision as far as like where it's going. Um, give us some insights. Um, share your thoughts on how somebody can get clearer on their vision, especially as it relates to your business and the impact that that has on the decisions that we make as business owners on a daily basis. Uh, it, it has a tremendous impact. And I would say even going back and get ahead of myself here, but go back to the hiring side that it's to me that having the vision and the strategy in place goes back to that's that's more, if not even that's that's more important typically than the skill set that I would look at it because you look at pick your job board monster indeed or whatever, and they're just boilerplate lists of can you speak these 20 different computer languages or whatever? It's like, right. OK, if you, if you can uh, 
program one language there competently, you can program practically any language. It's just a different syntax there, kind of a thing there. But what you don't, what you miss out on is saying, okay, who are we as a culture? Who are we as a purpose for our company that you're buying into that? Because to me, that's where the whole vision and culture, everything comes into play that if you've got somebody that's truly committed to whatever the purpose is of your organization, if you've got a, a green energy kind of company right there, you want somebody con- uh, bought into that idea, mm-hmm. that culture that I would say, if they're not working for you, they need to be working for, or they would be working for somebody else in that field or doing it on their own or whatever. So to me, having that kind of uh, culture defined and then including that early on in the hiring kind of process to say, okay, this is who we are. Is this who we who you're really bought into. So to me, that's having that kind of mentality and that kind of definition is is truly important or incredibly important because otherwise you, you got your your rope and you're not perspective there. It goes back to the tug of war kind of game that, okay, if you've got everybody pulling the same direction, everybody having that same mission that, okay, we're all going the same direction, you get a whole lot more productive at that point rather than having the the spider web effect where everybody's trying to pull some way, somewhat different and you're losing all your momentum, you're losing all of your, your capabilities there. So having that defined from a vision standpoint and to your question or to your point more there, vision to me is, is a combination of who, what, and why, who, what, and why is to say, okay, who are we as a company? What are we trying to do? What are we trying to serve here? And then overall our, our why is, okay, why are we even here? That hopefully that's more than just to make a dollar kind of a thing. Like I said, hopefully there's a why of we're trying to go out and solve a need. We're, we're seeing a, an issue. We're got a, a bigger mission kind of a thing there. But the more you can document and figure out what those three are and make sure everybody in the company is really bought into that. To me, that's the, the biggest idea, the idea behind culture and vision right there to say, okay, this is who we are. And then vision to me, that's more a culture side. Vision to me is, okay, what's our What's our longer term plan? Because a lot of times business owners, especially in the entrepreneurial world, are looking at the here and now. It's like, okay, what what do we got to get done for this next client, this next job, this next project? And it leads you to uh, really kind of chasing squirrels at that point. Say, okay, what's the next project? What's okay? Now this one's over here in this area. We got a new client over here. You're just left chasing all over the place rather than having that true long term vision to say, okay, this is where we're going. And I, I refer to it as kind of the, the pinnacle of the mountain to say, okay, we're going to go climb this mountain of business. What's your pinnacle? What's your longest term goal out there? And to me, it's got to be at least 10, 15 years out there. And it goes back to, um, I forget whether it's 80s or 90s with Microsoft saying that, okay, we're going to put a computer on every desk in every house in America, kind of a thing. At the, at the time of, obviously just sounded absolutely ridiculous. Now we look down and we got two or three at our desk in front of us, but still, Sounds absolutely ridiculous at that point. And to me, that's where your your long-term vision, your long-term goal should be, that if there's not even some question that, okay, I don't even know if we can accomplish this, then to me, that's not big enough. And then we just back that down to say, okay, that's our 10 to 15-year goal. What's three to five-year milestones right now? In order, if we know that we hit this milestone, then we're well on our way to our goal. And then bring that back down again to annual planning and to even quarterly planning to say, okay, what do we need to do? this year, what do we need to do this quarter to make sure we're getting there? But each one of those, uh, as you go out further and further, it gets fuzzier and fuzzier in the picture that that just putting a computer on every desk, okay, is that a a laptop or a desktop? Is that what's what's the specs on it? None of that stuff was ever outlined. It was just a concept out there to say, okay, this is what we're aiming for. 
And by having that in place, every time you bring on that new project or that new client, you got a measuring stick to say, okay, is this new project, is this new line of business, is it in line with what our overall mission and our overall vision is right here? And again, it just, to me, it gives clarity to say, okay, yes, I know how to make decisions. Now I can make better informed decisions because I know what our strategy is. I know what our long-term vision is and everything from, are we hiring the right person? Are they in line with this vision kind of a thing to product lines, sales company or uh, vendors, et cetera, kind of a thing, making sure that everything's truly in line there. Yeah. I mean, on, I, 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 I know oh, you have a question, but I want to ask you a question. Say, I, have, okay. I have a question to that. Because this is interesting because I think um, the average listener hopefully is like, well, I don't have that. Right. Like, right. like so that big of a vision you mean, or the... in, in all of these details, you know, yeah. mapped out and right. Cause then you start to think about your own business, hopefully. Right. And if somebody's listening to bridge that gap, so you help, people to fill that that gap right between what you said and where they are how does that work what is working with you look like and how do you help how do you help your clients to get from oh my gosh i don't have any of that to where they're able to operate successfully um, with the tools that they need to scale well one it's a it's a journey it's i refer to it specifically as a journey as i climb up the mountain this is not something that you're going to fix tomorrow or might change tomorrow if we tried to go in and implement all this, figure this out all tomorrow, the rest of your team would revolt at that point and say, no, we're, we're way too much kind of a thing. So it's, I, I, I use the analogy a lot of, okay, how do you eat an elephant? That okay, we want to define what we want to look at or look like out here in 10 to 15 years. Now let's break that back down into smaller chunks. So, okay, let's look at our people side right now. Let's actually put in some exercises to go out and map and say, okay, how do these people fit our culture? How do they fit our productivity from a clarity standpoint where, it's a Jim Collins thing again of A players versus not. Okay, who are our true A players? And now I've got quantifiable measurements to put against, okay, how, how well does this, since I know now my core values, I know my mission, I can say, hey, you're succeeding in these three areas, but not these two. It makes it a whole lot easier for me to have conversations with you because now we actually know both are on the same page with what we're talking about, things like that. It's not the the soft squishy kind of performance evaluation every year. We actually have things we can talk about here. So you look at that in people side, you look at uh, pulling certain metrics, KPIs together around various processes, identifying processes, things like that, putting dashboards and numbers. So it's, it's definitely a, a one bite at a time, start looking at one area at a time. And I don't necessarily go into it with a, a hard formula to say, okay, this is, this is our script for the next two years, three years, whatever it's going to be. I let the customers drive that or the clients drive that just based upon, again, their business and their needs, because every business is a little bit different. Every business has got different challenges. To me, that's the the, the fun part of entrepreneurial business is that every business owner came into this with a, they've got their lane, their expertise, and maybe that lane is processes and finance. Maybe that lane is sales. It's like, okay, so let's go look at the other areas that maybe you're not quite so strong at, or maybe you're struggling a little, with a little bit more there. And start addressing that. So it's it's definitely a long term journey, but it's not one that's set in concrete as to okay, this is the one and only path up the mountain kind of a thing. Yeah, I love that, and I think that you know, like especially you were talking so much about vision and really as a business owner, especially when we're getting started, like everything looks like an opportunity, right? And you don't know what to say yes to, you don't know what to say no to, you don't know what the right decision is, and I think it's so important to have somebody like yourself 
on the team of the business owner to be able to help navigate what's right, what's wrong, what should I say yes, what's a good opportunity, and using the vision to flush that out, right? And so, so vitally important what you were saying. So do people, how do they usually get started with you? Do they do a consultation call? Do they fill out a form? Like, what is usually your discovery to make sure that it's a good fit? Really, it's, I, I do actually a, a workshop with them every time to say with them and the entire leadership team. So that's, that's one differentiator I'll say is that I, I work with the entire leadership team of the company, not just the CEO, if the company is that big, obviously at that point. But it's still, to me, you've got to have the entire leadership team bought into it and understanding, okay, this is the journey we're going to embark on. Because if you've got people that are in dissension, then that's obviously going to cause, cause issues, kind of a thing getting down that path. So it's it's got to be more than just the CEO saying, hey, here's here's the new idea that I, I just picked up from the book, the webinar, the seminar, whatever I went to, because honestly, your team's used to hearing that and <laughs> saying, hey, if we hang on another 24, 48 hours, he'll shift again and go on to something right. else. New. <laughs> so no, I, I do a workshop with the entire team, just really with discovery questions, going through a lot of the tools, kind of a thing right there, just literally showing, say, okay, this is where you're running into challenges, obviously, based upon some of these questions, looking at tools right there to where they truly can start seeing value almost immediately with it, but start saying, hey, this is what it's going to look like and what a path forward could look like, what we really could be looking at in whatever the time frame. If you want to, from a vision standpoint, okay, this is really truly what we can get excited about 15 years down the road, that we're everybody's really working towards this and start showing them that way. And usually at that point, light bulbs kind of things start going on. People start getting excited that, okay, this is this is something we can really do at this point. What's the number one biggest result that you get with your clients? Honestly, it's clarity is what I come back to it on. It, it, building a business, no matter what, is hard work. But if you really have the clarity and the understanding of what's going on in your business, then it's at least a lot less stressful, a lot more freedom at that point that going back to your making decisions kind of comment right there. If I if I have the clarity of what my vision is, the direction I'm going, what my team's capable of, et cetera, that new opportunity comes along, it's a lot easier to make that decision at that point because I can easily see, does it fit or does it not fit? Do we need to adapt and adjust to it? Which that, that's that's life too. There, there will always be pivots and changes kind of a thing. We've obviously seen that over the last year, but you can still have that longer term picture in place to say, okay, does this fit into our vision? And because I know what that is, now I can much easier make that decision and hopefully turn in more profits at that point, either to, like I said, reinvest or pay out shareholders, stakeholders, et cetera. Love it. Well, if you don't have clarity, mm. if you don't have vision and you don't have then strong systems and processes built, all of these things are going to get you into white water. They're going to get you into difficulty um, scaling and growing your business. Mm -hmm. Jeff Chastain is from Admentus yep. website is www.building to scale building podcast. to scale. Well, that's the podcast. The website the podcast. Is it gets all <laughs> in the same place, but yeah, know, 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 the podcast. All the you should check that one out too. Let me bridge, let me bridge that gap. Admentus, A D M E N T U S.com. I hope that our listeners will reach out to, to Jeff and will explore what's possible, especially if during this discussion, you were like, wait, I don't have that. <laughs> or I, I just need more of it, right? Because a lot of times you can have what you believe is is clarity and vision, but if you're not being able to execute on or get to your goals, that means you just need to clarify it a little bit more. 
Jeff's located in the Dallas, Texas area, but you don't have to be from Dallas, Texas to work with him because there's technology and you can reach him. www.admentus.com. Make sure that you reach out and connect with Jeff Chastain, today's guest. Um, I'm sure that it will prove to be extremely valuable to you and the people that you serve. Jeff, thank you so much for being with us. We super appreciate you taking the time to share today. Thank you very much. It's been fun. Awesome. Well, everybody, we'll be back again next week with a brand new edition of the None of Your Business podcast. Till then, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think about Jeff. Um, Hopefully, you're connecting with him, and hopefully, you've realized there's a few gaps that he can help to fill um, in your business so that you can reach more people, make a bigger impact, and create the lifestyle that you deserve. Until next week.